Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, folks. This episode is sponsored by italki, which is just a really great solution if you're looking for someone who you can speak English with on a regular basis. It could be a teacher who gives you lessons, like guided lessons, or it could be a conversation partner with a community tutor. That would be, for example, someone in the UK. You could arrange to talk to them a couple of times a week, maybe, and it can be uh, just really great practice. Imagine if you're in another country where you don't get opportunities to speak, especially not to, to you know, like native English speakers or British people um, because that's very difficult. These days with the internet it's definitely possible with Skype and there are loads of italki teachers and tutors uh, just waiting to talk to you and when you buy some lessons with them italki will send you a voucher which is basically equivalent to a free lesson. That's because you listen to this podcast. Go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. This episode should give you everything you need to know about the world's second most popular spectator sport, cricket. I'm joined by my dad, Rick Thompson, and we describe the rules, the appeal of the game, and also some expressions in English that come from cricket. So it's summertime in the UK at the moment, and at this time of year, there are various sounds that you might hear in a typical English village. The sound of bees buzzing, kids playing in the playground, an ice cream van, and perhaps the smack of leather on willow. That's the sound of a cricket ball, a very hard, heavy ball covered in leather, being hit by a wooden cricket bat made of willow. Those sounds coming from a game of cricket on the local village green. Also, the sounds of cricket make their way into your home during the summer months, as people listen to cricket on the radio or they watch the coverage on the TV. International Test Match Cricket is a feature of the summertime in England and is somehow deeply rooted into English life. It's also true for local cricket that happens on the village green. It's just one of those cliches of rural England. Sandwiches, afternoon tea and cricket on the green, or indeed cricket on the TV, as it was for me when I was growing up. We used to watch cricket regularly when it was on the telly and it just reminds me of the summertime when I was a child. But for many foreign people who don't play cricket, it can seem like a weird, antiquated, slow game with rules that nobody understands. People are surprised that a game of cricket can last several days. Americans are often horrified to discover that games often end in a draw and with no winner at the end. The fact is, cricket is a fantastic game which requires strategy, but there are many moments of dramatic action and great skill and ability shown by the players. My dad is a big fan of cricket. He used to play it when he was younger, 
and um, has always followed the matches on the radio. I've been threatening for a while to do an episode about cricket. I suppose threatening uh, my dad, because it's a challenge for him to be able to explain it, but also potentially threatening my audience with this challenge, because uh, you might not think that cricket is something um, that is immediately important to you, but it is actually a little window into English culture and also the language that we use to describe cricket has developed over the years and it is actually a very sort of intelligent game. I think it's good for you to sort of uh, think about cricket and to kind of appreciate it. I genuinely think it's good for you. It's like a lovely cup of tea or something. It somehow feels warming and nourishing just even listening to people talking about cricket. So I hope that you follow us through this description, even if there are things you don't understand. Uh, do follow us through and watch out for that language at the end, those expressions which have come uh, from cricket. So I've been threatening for a while to do an episode about this subject uh, to somehow achieve the impossible and explain cricket to the world. And my dad is going to join me. So sit back, have a cup of tea and some cake and try to get your head around this wonderful game and stay tuned for some nice idiomatic expressions which we use in English and which originally came from the game of cricket. So, hello, Dad. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Luke. How are you? Nice to see you over here. Nice to be seen over here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what have you been up to today? What's been going on today? Well, here in, uh, in Warwick, in the middle of uh, England, uh, it's a special weekend. It's the uh, Folk Festival, Warwick Folk Festival. Very big uh, event with lots of artists coming for Friday, Saturday, Sunday performances. What kind of artists? Folk artists. There are different kinds of folk music, traditional music, music. but all sorts. Of, yeah, folk music. And um, the, yes, they're very, very wide range of things. But also the town celebrates. And so um, they're, they're out there at a showground with tents on a school playing field. That's where the music's happening. That's where the music's happening. But uh, in town, uh, the streets are closed off. Um, there's lots of food and stalls. People sitting around playing guitar, playing uh, different kinds of music in the street. And uh, it's been good fun. We wandered around and um, had a beer out the street and, uh, you know, enjoyed the folk festival. And then it started raining. And then it started drizzling, which is very English. They also have, have Morris dancers. We're not going to talk too much about Morris dancers, are we? It's but a- they're traditional folk dancers who dress up in costumes and they do dances which uh, go really back through the centuries. In fact, they go back to... A uh, time that is out of mind, as we say. We don't quite know where these dances came from. Mm, okay, so it's kind of a big summer festival that's happening here in, in Warwick. Uh, that's right, this Warwick weekend. Folk Festival this weekend. Nice to be here. We're going to go out later, aren't we? Going to go and see some music, pa- yeah, perhaps? Yeah, we'll go out and see what's going on. Yeah, it'd be nice to go down to a, one or two of the pubs and see what kind of uh, live music's going on there. Uh, there's also been some cricket on the telly, hasn't there? Oh, and on the radio. There has. It, there's an international series going on at the moment. England are playing South Africa, who are in uh, in t- touring England this summer. And, uh, yeah, the third, t- third international match is going on at the moment, but it's been interrupted by the rain. OK. The third international match. OK. You want to get into jargon now? I, We're talking cricket. I think so. But I, I, actually, I think we need to... Before we get into all of the specifics and all the details of trying to explain cricket to people... Uh, who have never heard of the... Uh, never, like, you, you've threatened this before. Yes. You've threatened to interview me about explaining the game of cricket. And I've always said, it's impossible, you can't explain cricket. It may well be impossible, but I want to try. I want to see if it is impossible. Okay. Um, all right, so first of all, cricket is the world's second most popular sport. 
Most popular spectator sport. Yes. Second most popular spectator sport. Yeah. Football or association football or soccer is number one. Apparently uh-huh. about 3.5 billion people regularly watch football. Mm-hmm. Um, but cricket second. Two, two and a half billion people watch cricket regularly around wow. the world. Which is surprising when you, cons- when you consider the fact that the people we're talking to, I imagine the majority of them won't understand cricket, won't really know what it is, won't understand the game. Obviously, it depends where they come from. You know, if you're in India, you, you're passionate about cricket and you know everything about it. Mm. But if you're listening in hmm, Romania or maybe uh, South Korea, maybe it's a little bit more mysterious. Yeah, uh, Russia, China, Japan, South Korea. Um, you know, all those countries have got international cricket teams. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's quite possible that I'm talking to <laughs> cricket fans, but I expect that most of the people listening to this don't really know about cricket, don't understand it, and don't understand the appeal. They probably think it's just this weird sort of English game with rules that are impossible to understand. They're not impossible to understand. Um, it, it does have a, 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 a fantastic vocabulary of its own, which is, you know, we don't know where some of these words have come from, but it does have a bizarre vocabulary. Yes. There, you know, there are also a few uh, phrases or expressions in English that we use because of cricket that have come from cricket. We do, yeah, yeah. We, we, if you're in a difficult situation, you, you are on, you're on a sticky wicket. Ah. That's a cricket expression. Okay, no one's going to understand what that means yet. No. I think maybe what we should do is come back to the uh, the expressions, okay, everybody? Because otherwise, if we just tell you the expressions that uh, are used generally in the English language, in British English, uh, that, that come from cricket, then you're not going to understand them and, uh, without us going through all of the complex rules first. The rules, the rules. Yeah, so we'll come back to the vocab uh in a minute um so uh the world's second most popular spectator sport but it's only popular in a few countries which countries play cricket obviously is it england or is it britain it's england there is a scotland team there is a northern ireland team and some of england's cricket is actually played in wales and some welsh counties play in the english league so it's england and wales england and wales but, uh, there but is a there, England. there is a team in Scotland, but it's not really that popular. I'm afraid in Scotland. they're not particularly interested in cricket in Scotland, or in Ireland, Northern Ireland, or the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, they play it. Uh, the yeah. Republic of Ireland plays good cricket. Oh, good really? Quality cricket. Yeah. Oh. There are there are a number of full members of the International Cricket Council. So these are the ones who play Test matches against each other. Right? Okay. Test matches. These are the big. We we'll get on to Test matches. Yeah. And and I I mean I've I've, I've written them down because I wouldn't be able to remember. They are they are. South Africa, Zimbabwe, West Indies, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Australia, New Zealand, England and Ireland. They are the uh, the full members of the International Cricket Council. Okay. Uh, there may be cricket played in other countries too. Oh, there's a hundred other associate members, and uh, 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 you know, including uh, most African countries, most South American countries and most European countries. Okay. Okay. Uh, but the big, the big players are the ones I just listed. Okay, I see. So, um, and India is by far the biggest. I mean, it's the national sport of India. They're passionate about cricket in India. Okay, which country is the best? Well, that's a good question. I mean, it, it swings around. India is often up there as being the best, mm-hmm. uh, but so is Australia, and yeah. in recent years, so of England. 
Um, South Africa, good team. Pakistan are a good team. Um, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh play good cricket. Um, basically, I don't know who's supposed to be number one at the moment, but it's probably India. England knocking on the door. Okay, there's also the Caribbean as well, right? The, the West Indies used to be terrific, but they haven't had a good time of the recent years. I don't know quite not why not. They they were absolutely fabulous, had loads of fabulous individual yeah, players, but yeah. they're a little bit, you know, going through a bad patch at the moment. Okay, I see. So what is so great about cricket then? Why oh, how, how can I start? Cricket is the most amazing game. It is unique. It's just unlike anything else, and it is. Um, it has a different rhythm to it. It has a different character to it, a different flavour. It's slow game. It uh, takes time, and uh, it's incredibly complicated. It's it, not only the rules. The rules are a bit complicated, I have to admit, but the way it's played, it's very, very skillful. And um, so it's an intriguing game. And um, it, it's uh, famously commentated on on BBC Radio, a, a programme that's been on for ever since the BBC was invented called Test Match Special. And if it rains, they, they can't play. So they stop and wait for the rain to stop. But Test Match Special doesn't stop. They keep on talking about cricket. And sometimes there's no play for eight hours and yet the commentary team at Test Match Special can talk about cricket for eight hours. And the audience does not go away. They are, they are held, enthralled by all the things you can talk about, about cricket. There are a million things you can talk about. Okay. Um, so the rest of the world, the non-cricketing parts anyway, apparently are missing out on something. Oh, quite definitely. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't know what they're missing. Okay. What kind of sport is it? I mean, how would you... By the way, listeners, we, we, uh, we've got... I'm drinking beer. My dad is drinking a glass of wine. Every time he stops talking, he takes the glass of wine and raises it to his mouth. And then I ask him a question and he can't drink it. Well, I haven't drunk it yet. He hasn't had a, had one single sip of his wine yet as we've started. I, I wonder if it's going to be possible not only for us to explain the rules of cricket, but for you to also actually have a drink of that wine. Um, so well, I'm sure I'll fit one in somewhere. Now, what kind of sport is it? Okay, I mean, how would it's, you... a, it's a bat and ball game. Right? It's a bat and ball game. What do you mean? Well, bat you know, and ball. Somebody chucks a ball at somebody holding a bat and they hit it. Okay. Now we, we all we all know rounders and baseball. I mean, baseball. It, wait, wait. Do we know rounders? Round rounders. It's played everywhere, isn't it? It's a, basically it... a kids' game. You 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 throw the ball, you hit it, and then you run round in a circle, okay. trying to get there before the ball is returned. It's the basics of baseball. Mm-hmm. Cricket's a kind of a bat and ball game, but it's very different. There is there are two teams. They have eleven players on each side, so that's the same as in football. Mm-hmm. There, the similarity ends. Uh, <laughs> There's a ball involved. <laughs> there is a ball involved, and feet or legs <laughs> are involved. Um, yes. So um, in a in a normal um, first class cricket game, and in England, it's the counties like Yorkshire, Lancashire, Surrey, Essex. The game is built on counties, and the counties play each other. And they've been doing that for well over 100 years. So the the teams, let's say it's Yorkshire versus Middlesex, okay? Um, each side has 11 players, and they are going to bat twice each. To bat? Yes. <laughs> to, to, to hit the ball yes. with and, the bat. And, and the other team will bowl it at them. Can we start, actually, by talking about the, f- the field in which uh, cricket is okay. played? Okay, it's Tell a us- large, normally large, round field. And cricket 
pitches are in every town and village across England. Every little, even the small villages have a cricket field. How big is it, do you think? Oh, it's quite big. Um, Compared to a football pitch? Um, hmm. It's about two football pitches? It's just round. I mean, I think that if a football pitch is like 120 metres long, the cricket pitch would be at least that, although by diameter. Okay. And then where they play is in the middle. And there is a strip of grass which is very carefully looked after. And it's rolled with rollers and it's cut very short and it's very, very flat. Because in cricket, when you bowl the ball at the batsman, it bounces. You bowl it off the ground. You bowl it into the ground and it comes at the batsman off the ground. It bounces. Yeah, it bounces. So so this thing which is called the pitch... The cricket pitch is 22 yards long, 20 metres, ladies and gentlemen. This is the rectangle of grass in the middle of this big field. In the middle of this big field with a a white boundary around the edge of the field. In the middle, there is a rectangle of very uh, sort of low, uh, perfectly maintained grass. And that's where most of the action happens. Indeed. Okay, so this is known as the... Well, it's known as the wicket. The wicket. Um, Though... I told you the vocabulary is difficult. Yeah. Uh, Standing at each end of the wicket are stumps, three wooden poles, and with some bales balanced across the top of them. They they probably go up to about your your pocket on your trousers. Just under belt high, I would say. Probably around the level of your your pockets on your jeans. Uh, And three stumps at each end, and on top of the stumps, balanced, are these little bits of wood. Yeah, balanced in grooves are these little bits of wood. They're called bales. So we have stumps and bales. Okay. And that is called the wicket, but sometimes the whole thing, the strip of grass with the stumps is called the wicket, the whole thing. Yeah. Also, we also have a wicket, which is when you get someone ah, out. You take a wicket, it means you get somebody out. Okay. But anyway, this is the pitch. Um, this is the field of play. This large field, boundary around the edge, and then a rectangle in the middle of really nice little uh, grass for playing on. Very flat. Very flat, perfectly maintained. And you get groundskeepers, people's... People whose job it is to look after the the pitch or the the wicket, yes, and they maintain it. They cut the grass very carefully. They water it and all this sort of stuff. And the condition of the ground uh, of this piece of uh, the ground is very important because it that affects the way in which the game can be played. And this is one of the many factors that can go into. Uh, a game of cricket, one of the many different sort of um, um, uh, factors that will influence the game. It's one of the reasons you can talk about things for such a length of time, that the the pitch will change as the game goes on. And remember, these games last a long time. So a county against county game will probably last four days. Right. And an international test match is five days. Okay. This game goes on for five days. I had an American friend who said, you mean it goes on for five days and they don't even get a result? Because, of course, quite often in cricket, it's a draw. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, it does. And during that period of time, the, the condition of the pitch changes. So it starts off all being beautiful and smart and carefully prepared by the groundsman. But after it's been played on for a while, it starts getting worn and it starts getting cracked. And, um, you know, the sun beats down on it and everything else. And the grass gets browner. And one thing or another, it changes. And what happens to the ball as it bounces also changes. So the condition of the pitch 
changes the way the game is going. The condition of the weather changes the way the game is played, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And the condition of the ball, because you start off with a shiny, bright, hard leather ball. And after it's been used a bit, it starts going a bit rough around the edges and it behaves in a different way. Mm. So many different factors to deal with. The condition of the pitch, the the weather conditions, the condition of the ball, the time of day, all these different things um, are involved. The light. The light as well. If it's a bright day, it's easier to bat. If it's a gloomy day, it's easier to bowl. If it's a humid day, that affects the way yep. the ball moves yep. as well. Lots of different conditions. Um, so, we, so my listeners understand now the field of play. Um, so we've got this rectangle in the middle of the field. At either end, there are these three stumps with little bits of wood uh, balanced on the top. Okay, now um, the I, the what the um, what the batting team wants to do is defend these bits of wood. Yes, yes. The, I mean, if you go out to bat, you go out as, as a pair. You bat as a pair of batsmen. Two people go out yep, to bat. That's right, and one in, stands at each end. So in, you're doing it as a couple, as a as a combination. Okay. Um, so you've got, so you got one and, at each, one person yeah. at each end. And the other side is trying to get you out, and there are a whole number of ways they can get you out. Now, obviously, the first way is they bowl the ball, you miss it, it hits the stumps and knocks the bales off, and you're out. That's out bowled. It's a simple one. So the first thing you have to do is try and make sure the ball doesn't hit the stumps. Mm-hmm. But there are many other ways of getting out, like, as in baseball. If you hit the ball in the air and one of the fielders catches it, you're out caught, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. Uh, if you go for a run, and instead of running round, as in baseball, they run to the other end of the strip. So, you know, each batsman has to get in at the other end. Yeah. And if the fielders return the ball and the, and the wicket is broken by the ball, the bales are knocked off by the ball by a fielder, uh, before you get there, then you're out run out. Okay, so just let's... Imagine this one, listeners, all right? Imagine I've just gone out to bat with Dad. So I'm, I'm facing the ball. Dad is at the other end. Yep. So I'm facing, at the, facing the ball, ladies and gents. So I'm standing there preparing myself for the ball to come in. And Dad is waiting at the other end. Okay, so the bowler, the, the, the guy in the fielding team who's going to throw the ball towards me, runs like he runs for, for a good 15 metres. And the bowler is coming up towards Luke Thompson now, and he bowls. He runs in, he bowls, and this, this complicated overarm delivery. So the ball, the hand comes all the way over the shoulder. After this person has run in, the hand swings round, comes all the way over the shoulder, flings the ball Towards um, my end of the, the, the wicket, it bounces a couple of metres in front of me, and I have to try to, A, protect the stumps which are just behind me, uh, or B, hit the ball um, away, and then that gives us a chance to run. And so, if let's say the ball comes in, it, it bounces a metre ahead of me. I, I hit it hard uh, to my right, Okay, and it it the ball flies between two guys standing in the field through extra cover. It flies along the ground really fast. It might get to the end. It might get to the edge of the pitch. I don't know, but um, I can see that we've got an opportunity to score runs. So uh, we choose to run. I go run, and the two of us run. So I run to Dad's end, and he runs to my end. And when we get to each end, that's one point. Okay, and if we've done one run, we scored a run. 
and then it's my turn to face the same bowler. Yeah, let's say we get we do one run, the ball gets collected by a fielder, it gets thrown back to um, either the bowler at the, the, the top end or the, the, the wicketkeeper with the gloves on at the, uh, the batting end. Uh, the ball gets returned and then um, we can't run anymore, you see, because the ball is back. Because if we're running between the wickets, if we're standing between the wickets at any time and the ball comes back and it touches the stumps and knocks off the bales when we're not home, when we're not uh, um, at the other end, then you can be out. Yep. And there are white lines drawn across, which says shows when you're in and when you're not, when you're out. <laughs> are you okay, ladies and gentlemen? Do you, un- are you, do you understand this so far? They've okay. probably all nodded off by now. But that's know. what you do at a cricket match. You have a little snooze every now that's and then. Tr- that's right. Yeah. So, okay, that's that. So the bowler comes in, bowls, we, the, 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 uh, the batsman has to try and protect the wicket, but also score runs by hitting the ball away. Can we go back to how many ways you can be out? Yes, let's go back to how you can be out. If, so- if, you, if you step beyond your line, which is home, uh, when the ball is bowled, because you might want to come out towards it and attack it, and you miss it, and the wicketkeeper collects it and knocks the bales off, you are out stumped so, so that's number four that means that that you you move forwards to hit you the move ball forward out of your safe ground beyond your little line you miss it the wicketkeeper collects it he knocks the bales off before you get back and so you're out stumped so that's bold caught run out stumped yeah run out is when you're running between the wickets and you don't make it and you don't time. get back before the ball hits the stumps if you don't if if you've hit the ball out and the fielder throws it back and someone collects it and t- uses the ball to hit the bales, those little bits of wood off the top of the stumps, before you get back to your safe line, you'll run out. I think they've got it. Yeah. Well, and, then, gotta... then, and then the next one is a pretty common way of getting out if you're batting, and it's called LBW. Right, this is the complicated one. LBW? LBW. It's called leg before wicket. Yep. Wicket being here meaning the, the three wooden stumps. Uh, the whole thing, the three wooden stumps with the bales on top, is known as the wicket. It's complicated because the wicket can mean the wooden stumps. It can also mean the ground on which you're playing. True. Uh, uh, but here, leg before wicket is a very common way of being out, and it's the most complicated thing about the game, I would say. Yeah. Um, so, Dad, do you want to try and explain well, yeah, basically, LBW? Basically, I mean, the batsman wears pads because you have to remember that the cricket ball is extremely hard and it's travelling, if a fast bowler is bowling, it's travelling at 120 miles an hour and it can break your leg. It's extremely hard, the ball. Very hard. It's very heavy and it's hard. It's harder than a baseball. It's a very hard ball. If it hits you in the, if someone throws it and it hits you in the head, it could kill you. Well, it's a dangerous game, cricket. They have, in recent years, insisted that batsmen wear helmets and all that kind of thing because it really is uh, a very you know, risky game, and you have to be very, very brave to face these very fast bowlers. Anyway, we're just saying that LBW, leg before wicket, basically um, the bowler might be trying to knock down the stumps and you are trying to defend it, but if, if you miss it with your bat and it hits your body or your legs, it's normally your legs, which are pads, have pads on, if it hits the pads and it would have hit the wicket in the, in the opinion of the umpire, then you're out LBW. You're not allowed to kind of just let, you, let the ball hit your legs instead of hitting the stumps. So if, if it hits your leg, but the umpire, who's like the referee standing at one of the ends, yeah. if he thinks that uh, it would have hit 
the stumps, if it hadn't hit your legs, yeah. then you're out. That's right. That's what LBW is. But it's quite complex because if the ball bounces on the, on the leg side, as you're standing, yeah. where your legs are, yeah. if it bounces outside the line of the two sets of stumps on the side of your legs... <laughs> You can't be out LBW because otherwise the bowlers would simply bowl at your legs. So, by the way, listeners, <laughs> when you're batting, the, the position, the body position that you have when you're batting is that you're positioned with your side facing the other end. Yeah, your side on. Your side on, right? So, like in baseball, you've got your, let's say, if you're right-handed, you've probably got your left side facing the other end and, and you play sideways like that, you see? It's not like you're a football goalkeeper standing <laughs> forwards. You're standing sideways. Okay, so you've got your legs pointing, you know, your legs are on one side and the bat is in front of you on the other side. So that's why in cricket you talk about the leg side and they, the off side, which is basically the bat side. Yeah. So this means that if the ball comes from the leg side and hits your legs... If the bowler bounces it outside the line of the stumps on your leg side you can't be out lbw you can only be out lbw if it comes in from from, from in straight or from the offside okay from your bat side not from your leg side that's right okay so if the ball would have hit the stumps if it hadn't hit your legs you're out so this is complicated isn't it i mean th- this means that well the- it means the umpire's got to make a quick decision would it have hit the wicket and also if his bat just snicked it then you can't be out LBW. What do you mean if his bat Well, he, he plays at the ball. It looks like he's missed it, but it hits his pads. How's that is what the bowling side shout. How's the, that? The bowling side have to appeal. They have to appeal. They have to make an appeal like it's a court. And the, and the traditional word is, how's that? Which is a short for, how was that, umpire? How's that? <laughs> how's that? Spelled O-W-Z-A-T. Right. And so they go, ow, ah, and the umpire has to decide whether, A, the ball would have gone on to hit the stumps, and B, did his bat snick it before it hit his pads? Did his bat snick it? Yeah, just touch it. Just a little, little, oh, little, oh, little snick on, on the edge the, of the bat. On the edge? Yeah. Because if it hits the bat at all, it can't be LBW. Correct. He played it, so he can't be LBW. Okay. So that's, that's difficult for the it's umpire. It's very difficult. And in recent years, I mean, in, uh, since about 15 years ago, they've been using TV replays now. And they have fantastic technology. It's a beautiful game for television. It's wonderful, built for television. It's all the different angles you can see things from. And they have, um, they have a, a microphones which will pick up whether there was a tiny weeny snick on the bat. And they call it the snickometer. And they replay this thing. And if you have the little... Beep, on the um, snick. snick showing up on the uh, on the TV screen, you know he hit it, and if there's no snick, he didn't. Okay, so listeners, let me just try and help you understand this LBW thing. Let's see it from the point of view of the batsman again. Imagine I'm standing there with the bat in my hand. We need to talk about what the bat looks like as well, by the way, but we'll do that in a minute. I'm sure they know what a cricket do bat they? looks like. Do yeah, they? It's made of beautiful wood, willow. It's flat at the front. It's got a meaty bit on the back. It's quite heavy, and it's got a special handle with a rubber grip. Um, I mean, you know, you know, everyone knows what a cricket bat looks like, surely. Um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people have got no idea at all uh, what we're talking about at any moment in this conversation. 
uh, a baseball bat is kind of round. It's like a cylinder, isn't it? Yes. A cricket bat is more flat and thick. Okay, so if you hit, a it's cricket- crafted by craftsmen. There are still cricket bat makers all around the place who who make it from willow, a special kind of tree, mm. and uh, the bats are oiled and they're they're treated beautifully so that they will not crack and smash. They have a rubber when, when they when they hit this very very fast hard ball. They do not. They whack it and. Um, you know, it's not quite like a, a baseball bat, which is like a bit of lead piping, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about a cricket bat is that um, it's got this thick um, meat of the wood in the, the, the centre of the bat, where that's the place where you want to yeah, hit the, the ball. Yeah, it's the sweet spot. It's got, it's, it's got a thicker bit towards the bottom where that's where you want to hit it. They're quite heavy items. Yes. Imagine, ladies and gents, the, this hard ball, which is covered in leather... It's coming in towards you at 90 miles an hour. Or faster. Or faster than that. It's it flying towards you at 90 miles an hour, bouncing on the ground in front of you and bouncing up towards you. And you swing this heavy bat and you time it perfectly so that it connects with the center, the, the sweet spot, the meat of the bat. And it makes this kind of very satisfying noise of this kind of tock sound. Thunk, tock. Uh, and when... The meat of the bat catches the ball with all this momentum. It kind of feels like it's spring-loaded. It launches the ball at high speed away, you know, towards one of the boundaries. And it's it's just a very satisfying moment, the sound of this leather-clad ball hitting uh, this heavy piece of wood. And, you know, you can feel the energy's being transferred and the thing springs off and flies off in the opposite direction. It's cricket great. fans talk about that sound, and it's supposed to be the sound of English summer. They talk about the sound of leather on willow. The smack of leather on willow. Yes, and um, it's just a village cricket scene can be heard by this thock and little ripple of applause from the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it's a very satisfying sound. So imagine I'm standing there waiting for the ball to be bowled in. The bowler runs in again. He he launches, he bowls the ball at me. It bounces in front of me. Now, I I swing my bat. I put my left foot forwards to get a good position. I swing the bat and I miss because the ball has bounced on a little crack on the ground and it's it's moved in to the left or the right, for example. It's moved in. And um, so I miss it. And the ball hits my leg just below the knee, the leg that I've moved forwards. It hits it just below the knee. And the bowler goes, how's that? To the umpire, um, um, because he's uh, a- appealing for, for a decision from the umpire. The umpire thinks for a second, and he raises his finger. That's right, he puts his finger up. And this means you're out. That's it. Because the umpire has decided that if, uh, if my leg hadn't been there, if the ball hadn't hit my leg, it would have hit the stumps. So that's LBW. Okay. Okay. And there's, you know, decisions and, you know, video replays and video simulations to work out whether the ball would have hit the stumps or not and all this stuff. Um, so, that, you know, there's a lot of um, speculation involved in, in that part of things. So that's, being, that's when you're out LBW. Are there any yeah. other ways to be out? Yeah, there are other ways. If you, if you step back because the ball is coming at you and you step back and you knock your own wicket down, if you're out. If you, your leg touch wicket. Your leg your touches bat it. or your leg or something touches it. You out hit wicket. You're out if you hit the ball twice, mm-hmm. 
which doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it does. Yeah. If you if you play a defensive shot, the ball spins off your bat and spins back towards the wicket. It's fizzing towards the the stumps, and you hit it away with your bat. So you've hit it twice. You've hit it twice. So you're out. Okay. You can't hit the ball twice. No, you could kick it away. You can kick it away. Oh yeah. So you hit the ball. You and hit it, it. You can kick it away if it's going on rolling onto your stumps. You can kick it away after you you've hit, hit it. it away. Ah, I see. Anyway, look, the, the, the thing we've missed out is that um, the bowler, and you mentioned it's a strange action, it's straight arm. They can't throw the ball. In, in baseball, you, you throw the ball, chuck it, bent elbow, whap, like you would throw. Cricket, you're not allowed to throw. You're, you can only bowl it with a straight arm. And they've developed this technique where they run up and they bowl with the arm vertical as it's, as it's delivered. It comes over the top. Yeah. And it can generate a lot of speed. So um, it's bold, and they bowl six balls in a row from one end. And that is called an over. Uh-huh. And then they all switch round, and they bowl six, bowl six in a row from the other end. That's okay. another over. All right. So it's in six, six, six from the opposite ends. Sixes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't always that way. When they started cricket, a long, long time ago, they, they had four ball overs. Then they tried five ball overs. Then they went to six ball overs. In 1900, they went to six ball overs. Um, the Australians uh, tried eight ball overs for a while, but in the end, in the 1970s, they kind of fell into line with everybody else. So, so now it's six ball overs. You play six balls from one end, and then you switch the field around, and you have six from the other end. And these are different bowlers. The same bowler can't bowl two in a row. Okay. And and what the bowler also does, it, um, with the help of the captain of the team, is that when he's bowling, he arranges the field. So he places the fielders. So yeah. um, yeah. you've got the fielding team and the batting team. The fielding team, one person in bowls, yeah. six, six balls for an over, and then it's someone else's turn from the other end. Um all the other people are just standing around. The in other the field. ten are, are out trying to stop the ball reaching the boundary. They're trying to catch the ball or catch it. Yeah, or stop the ball when it's hit to yeah. prevent the the, the batters, uh, the batsman from scoring runs. There's also the wicket keeper. Yeah, the guy with the the padded gloves. You used to be a wicket keeper. Yeah, for a while. No, I was. You I were was, a wicket keeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, this is you know. Obviously, the person sits stands behind the wicket. If the batsman decides that he doesn't want to play it and it comes through, or if he does try and play it and misses it, it comes through, or if he snicks it and you try and catch it, the wicketkeeper is there to receive the ball with his gloves and his pads on. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the wicketkeeper stands right up close to the wicket, which is a dangerous position to be in. That's why I have damage under my eye here, Luke. Um, what, what? The, the, because I got hit by a cricket ball when I was wicketkeeping. But the, um, uh, apart from the wicketkeeper, the bowler and the wicketkeeper, the others are placed around the field in the way they think is going to be most likely to take a catch and or most likely to stop the ball going to the boundary. So if we're talking about bowling, there's probably, th- let's say, three types of bowling. Shall we say three types? Yeah, right. Um, there's uh, spin bowling. There's uh, swing bowling. Well, seam bowling. Seam bowling. It, seaming, yeah. And then there's pace bowling. Yeah. Is that fair enough? Yeah. I think yeah. that's all right. The... the um, y- y- Seam and pace becomes a bit blurred, but um, yeah. you're right about spin bowling is very special. It's slow bowling, relatively slow, 
and the the bowlers are very skillful. They they wrap their fingers around the ball and they spin it uh, as it, as they deliver it. And it does have a seam on it. A cricket ball does have a re- slightly raised seam, so yeah. you can grip it. Imagine two pieces of leather that have been attached that that are covering the ball, and there's one very thick seam that goes around the middle. You know the seam like on a pair of jeans. The seam runs down the edge of your leg. It's where the t- the pieces of denim have been attached together. Uh, similarly, on a cricket ball, the seam runs around the middle of the ball, and it's like this raised sort of ridge, essentially. So it's it's really important part of the, the, the ball. It's not just a perfectly round ball all the way around. There is this ridge that runs around the middle, and bowlers can use this ridge. Uh, they can bounce the ball on the ridge, yeah. which uh, means that the ball can uh, react in unexpected ways. It can sort of fly off to the left or right, which is very difficult for the batsman because uh, you can't really predict where the ball exactly, which direction it's going to go in. So bowlers use this ridge to their advantage and they they throw the, they, they, they bowl the ball so that it lands on the ridge. That's seam bowling. Seam bowling. Uh, which, you know, it's a skill of managing to land the ball on a certain part of the ridge so it, it flies off in a, in a different direction. Uh, that's seam bowling. Uh, spin bowling, Dad just mentioned, that's where the bowler spins the ball at high speed in the air. So it's spinning in the air so that when it bounces, it flies off in an unexpected direction. And the spin bowlers are so clever that they can hide the way that they're spinning the ball so it might look from the batsman's point of view like the ball is spinning to the right when in fact the ball is spinning to the left uh, so there are all these tricks there's all they they can also make the ball spin forwards so it speeds up yep. and and all these other little tricks so that this spinning ball is coming down and uh, the batsman doesn't quite know which direction it's going to go when it le- when it bounces that's spin bowling and when it's done well it's incredibly difficult to play against um, the Australian guy, what was his name? Shane Warne. Shane Warne, probably the best cricketer, best bowler that best spin bowler, best spin bowler ever. Yeah, uh, was a master of doing that. So that's spin bowling, seam bowling, and then pace, which is quick. And they sometimes call them the quickies, the quicks. And um, some of these people are really, really quick. And I mentioned earlier the West Indies were terrific a few years ago, mainly because they had some fantastically fast bowlers. And um, facing these these people is not easy at all. I don't. I think they know how long it takes for the ball to arrive at the batsman after being bowled. But I think it's something like 0.7 seconds. Wow, less than a second. Yeah, for you to be able to decide whether you're stepping forward because it's pitched up or stepping back because it's coming up at your throat or whether you're playing it on the right to the right or to the left. Yeah. Um, so Michael Holding was, was bowling very, very fast. Um, and I would have thought it would be less than a second before you have to hit it. I've got this from Cora.com. A ball thrown at 140 kilometres per hour. Um, which is um, 140,000 metres per 3,600 seconds. Thank you. So basically 140 kilometres an hour. Um, If the ball is travelling at about 39 metres per second, it will take about half a second to reach the batsman. Yeah, that's what what I'm saying. So so the reaction time is almost impossible, but, you know, there are great bowlers, but there are also great batsmen uh, who... Just do it miraculously. You don't know how they did it, but they they, they get to the right position and play the ball away, uh, even against the fastest bowlers. Mm, okay. 
Um, so so we, we haven't. You talk about the fielders are spread around the field. This is where the vocabulary comes in because all the different positions the fielders can stand. Can I just have different different names? Can I just clarify then that we're now talking about the fielders? So from the from the bowler's point of view, let's say you're the bowler at this point. You've got um, there's a batsman standing at the other end of the pitch. Uh, he's ready to defend his his uh, his stumps, and you're the bowler. So you're running in. You're going to throw the ball so it bounces just in front of him. Bowl it. And from the bowler's point of view, obviously you're looking to try and knock the stumps down with the ball. But you're also interested in doing other things. You're also interested in, for example, um, uh, playing, throwing the ball so that the batsman will do a specific thing. So bowling the ball so that it bounces in a certain position. So the batsman is tempted to hit it, but it'll be difficult for him to hit it. It might hit the edge of the bat. Or he, you're, you're going to bowl the ball so that the batsman is going to probably hit it in a certain place. And so you can arrange your fielders in certain positions. You know, for example, you think, I'm going to bowl in this way, so I want to put fielders in this part of the pitch. That's right. You, you set the field depending on where you're going to bowl and which area you're going to bowl in. Most, uh, most field positions do have fielders uh, specifically placed for a catch um, when the batsman just snicks the ball. And this, these are standing alongside the wicketkeeper. Quite often there are three or four of them uh, in a row, and you might think, gosh, that's a waste. They're all just standing there behind the batsman. But it's amazing how often the batsman will not quite connect with the ball properly and snick it off the edge of the bat, and that's where it goes. It flies into this area uh, just behind him, and these are called the slip fielders. There's first slip, second slip, third slip, fourth slip. And then there's a position a bit further round, which is called the gully, which is normally coming off the face of the bat as opposed to the edge of the bat, and it goes fast, but it's just like a kind of fifth or sixth slip position, and it, the ball behaves differently when it goes there. So the whole pitch, uh, there's, there, there are specific words to describe the positions. Yeah, shall I tell you them all? Go on then. Well, so- some of them. Okay, so we start, you're the, bat, the bowler, and you're looking down at the batsman, and behind the batsman is the wicketkeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, Assuming it's a right-handed batsman, to the left of the wicketkeeper, you'll see the first slip, maybe a second slip, and maybe a third slip, all waiting for a little snick off the edge. Okay? A bit further around, the gully. He's facing for someone who tries to play it out on that side of the pitch, but it just slides off the face of the bat, and that's where it goes, uh-huh. just behind the batsman. So for these guys, the ball's going to come uh, it's gonna come bowling in at 120 miles an hour. It's going to hit the edge of the, the batsman's bat. And it'll bat. fly at them. At about that speed. Okay, and they've got to catch it they've really quickly. Catch it. And, that, and that's very entertaining because you see these balls coming off the edge of the bat, flying towards uh, these guys standing in a line, and they are these very uh, acrobatic uh, jumps and leaps. They leap to the left or right or in front of them, or they leap high in the air to catch the ball. Often one-handed, yeah. Often one-handed. The ball comes in at incredible speed and they catch it with their bare hands. It's not like baseball where they have gloves. They're catching this hard ball with their bare hands at very high speed. Yeah, very athletic. So that's the positions. I'll just run through some of the others. Opposite the, the batsman, sort of square on, is called point. Then you get into the covers. You have cover, you have extra cover. And then if he drives the ball back towards the bowler, if it goes to the bowler's left, it's going to mid-off. 
If it goes to the bowler's right, it's going to mid-on. Then round the other side, there's, uh, there's mid-wicket, square leg, uh, backward square leg, deep square leg, fine leg. And then, you know, the other side is long on. There's always wonderful feet. And then close to the bat when they're really attacking and they've got players really crowding around the bat when a spin bowler is bowling. Yeah. They crowd the batsman because, you know, the ball is fizzing off the, the wicket and it might just pop up anywhere. Um, they have a, a short leg. They have short square leg. They have backward <laughs> square, backward short leg. Fine leg. I mean, short fine leg. I mean, they have wonderful names, these positions. They have silly point. Oh, yes, they do. Because there's point. Silly point. Very close, yeah. Point, which is just sort of um, 90 degrees to the, you know, like facing the batsman, basically. Yeah, right in his face. Yeah, but it's probably about 10 feet away. But silly point is just a couple of feet away in that position. And it's called silly point because it's probably a very (laughs) silly place to stand. And the silly mid-on, that's even sillier because... uh, if he really hits the ball hard, it'll it'll come into the that position. Yeah, um, in a position where it could break your arm. So, as a fielder, there are there are certain positions on the field that are quite frightening to be in. So, yeah. if you're standing not too far away from the batsman and he hits the ball hard, it could come flying at you at a high speed, and you've got to be very quick to catch it or at least you know prevent it yeah. from smashing your brains in. Uh, and then there are the positions like the covers, as you said, like out right on the edge of the boundary. On the edge of the it's field. In the deep. If the word is deep, it means you're on the boundary. Okay. Uh, so that's, you know, deep mid-wicket, uh, deep extra cover. Uh, deep means on the boundary. Silly means very close to the batsman. Okay. And and the thing about being deep is that you might uh, have a very uneventful time. You might spend the afternoon just walking back and forth. Signing this... autographs between deliveries. Yeah, yeah, but then every now and then a ball is <laughs> whacked in your direction. You've got to run. Uh, to to try and catch it, um, and uh, so that's that could be quite dramatic. Um, okay, fine, good. So, are we all clear on this? Well, how long is this going to go on? I mean, not much longer. <laughs> I feel as though your audience has left us by now. We were talking about we were talking about the uh, the the danger of being hit by the ball. You said that you you've got uh, you had an injury once. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was wicket keeping, and and uh, the the ball just clipped the bat of the batsman and flew up into my face, smacked me in the eye. You were standing behind the, the yeah, batsman yeah. and it clipped the edge and it, the ball came and hit you in the eye. Yeah. Did you have any, any chance to get out of the way? No, it all happened too quickly. Bang. You just, just like being hit in the face by a baseball bat. Wow. Um, yes, it wasn't very nice. Hit you in your right eye. I remember yeah. you had a, a terrific black eye for, yes. for a few weeks. Yeah, that's right. The eye swelled, it swelled up and closed, and you get a big bruise all around your well, eye. Well, these days, the wicket keepers wear a, wear a helmet. Um, but when I was, you know, playing at college and everything else, so we didn't, we didn't have that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a good idea to wear a helmet. Uh, all I was going to say was that, that in, in these um, test matches, um, so... England, let's say, that you have to toss a coin to decide who's going to bat first. And in this match that's going on at the moment against South Africa, England won the toss and they decided they would bat first and they batted and they did make quite a decent score before they were all out. All out means that the 10 of them have been out, leaving one, the 11th person, without a partner. The batsman, because yeah, batsman. The, there needs to be two batsmen out there yeah, yeah. at any time. So as soon as they've have they've taken ten wickets, they've got ten people out. That's the end of the innings, and they, everyone switches around, and then it's their turn to have an innings for the first, for, you know, their first innings. How long does an innings often last? Ooh, it may well happen last for a day and a half. 
Uh-huh. It depends um, on all sorts of things. Sometimes they bat and bat and bat, and it goes on and on, and they score huge sums. You know, they score a total of 700 runs, and it goes on for two and a half days. Yeah. Um, other times, um, when, the, when the conditions favour the bowlers and they're struggling, you can have them all out, you know, in less than a day. Okay. All right. So they toss a coin to see who bats first. The batting team then go out. Their, their, their two best batsmen go out, and they're wearing pads. They're wearing helmets. They're wearing all sorts of things. They're wearing a box to protect. Thigh pads, yeah, plastic thing to protect your crown jewels. Yeah, to protect the, uh, the crown jewels, because that's obviously very important. If you get a cricket ball in your groin, then, you know, goodbye grandchildren. Um, so they wear uh, something down their pants as well to protect them there. Or everything is accounted for. And uh, then the bowling starts in overs, six balls That's per right. over. Uh, in a test match, is there a limit to the number of overs? No, no, no. It just goes on. They, 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 they get a new ball after 80 overs have been bowled. They get a new one. Okay, because the... The, again, the other one has been bashed and is, is starting to lose its shine and its, its hardness. Typically, what bowlers, what you see uh, the fielding team do is that when they've collected the ball, for example, if it's been hit and it's been picked up by a fielder and thrown back towards the bowler or the wicketkeeper they they pass the ball around while the bowl is getting ready and you see that they're shining the ball on one side one side of the ball gets shined by every player who handles it they actually sh- these days they have a specialist polisher uh, it used to be joe root he's now the captain so i think probably somebody else has taken over the role of polishing yeah um, but yeah they they sh- keep the shine on one side of the ball why do they do that then because if one side goes dull and the other side is all shiny, it'll swing in the air. Because the shiny side travels through the air more quickly That's right. than the dull side, and that causes the ball to swing. That's right. Meaning that it curves through the air from left to right or right to it's left. It's fiendish. If you're facing fast swing bowling, it's really difficult. So imagine the ball, ladies and gents, coming in <laughs> at 120 miles an hour, this ball that it, if you're not wearing a helmet and it hits you, you could be you know seriously injured <laughs> seriously injured and the ball's coming in at 120 miles an hour it's coming down bouncing up and bouncing up towards you and as well as that it's bouncing off this uneven ground and flying either slightly to the left or right and also it's swinging in the air so it swings round to your right and then back in towards you um i mean it's frightening stuff um so that's why they po- polish the ball to keep one side shiny um, but after you've been playing for a long time, 80 overs is six balls and over, six, eight, 40, 480 times it's been bowled and maybe hit. Um, then it's gone a bit softer and it's been knocked about a bit and it won't travel so fast and it won't jump so much off the pitch. Right. A hard ball, uh, you know, really bounces high, comes into your chest, whereas a soft ball will stay around, you know, your knees. Yeah. So um, after 80 overs in a test match, and a test match is the international, full international five-day game, apparently called a test match because they, the first one in the 1800s, they said it was a, a test of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, the test match um, ball is changed uh, after 80 overs, and then the game changes because with the soft ball, the rough ball, the spinners are probably operating. They can grip it nicely. They spin it. It doesn't matter so much that it's it's not hard and shiny. Uh, when you've got presented with a brand new ball, they bring on the quickies, the, the fast bowlers, because they're going to whistle this new ball down at the batsman at high speed. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, can we just talk about the, the, the batsmen and how they're, uh, how they're doing it? Like, what's their technique? Because I imagine that most of my listeners at this point are imagining someone swinging the bat like a baseball bat from, from you know, swinging it horizontally. But in cricket, you don't swing. You, you can swing the bat horizontally, but you usually will swing it vertically. It, the stance is, people have probably seen pictures if they haven't seen the game. The stance is where you, you stand waiting for the ball with the bat, the bottom of the bat on the ground. So you're not like a baseball stance. And your left elbow is pointing towards the bowler. And it means that the bat is pretty well straight up and down in front of your stumps. It's straight up and down, you're defending the stumps. Mm-hmm. That's called playing with a straight bat. And if the ball is pitching very close to you, what you do is you step forward and you kind of smother it, if you like. The, the, you know, you hit the ball just after it's bounced. You angle the bat. So you, the get, you get at it before it can behave off the pitch. You get it really close to where it bounces. You step forward. And so if, even if it moves a bit off the pitch, it doesn't matter because you've got nice and close to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, playing forward. But if the ball bounces shorter than that, it's going to rear up shorter and, and come up higher. And you can step back and smack it to the left or the right mm-hmm. uh, it, with that cross bat technique. Right now, you have to think about doing that in less than a second. Yeah. Do I step forward? Do I step back? Yeah. And um, that's the the basics of batting: is you 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 step forward if the ball is bouncing close to you, and you step back if it's bouncing short. Okay. All right. And and if you if you step forward, you play it with a straight bat. That's, yeah. You that's, drive it forward, okay. back towards the batsman. Yeah. Okay. And 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 when the ball, bowler, I mean, back towards back the towards the bowler, and and so some great shots can be where you step forward, you meet the ball just as it bounces, you swing uh, the the cricket bat back and swing it forward straight, and it connects with the ball just as it's bounced. And you hit it hard and low, and it hits. It rolls along the ground at high speed, and it gets all the way to the edge of the pitch. Now, if the ball gets all the way to the edge and it touches the boundary, that's you get four points, four runs, four runs in in one go. If you whack the ball in the air high and it sails through the air and goes over the boundary without touching the ground, you get six uh, six runs. Yeah. Okay. Um, otherwise, you hit the ball. And as the ball is rolling, you run between the wickets with your partner, you know, you know, running past each other in the middle, uh, and you get one point for each, each time you do that. So that's basically what the batsman's doing. They try not to get out, try to avoid hitting the ball in the air so people can catch it, try to avoid, you know, letting it touch your, touch your leg before the wicket, try to avoid um, getting run out, <laughs> you know, stay, stay within your safe zone and hit the ball to the boundary or at least run between the wickets when you've hit the ball and you just keep doing that and if you out then that's it you have to go back in you have to go back into the <laughs> back into the clubhouse it's like this old joke about how you know one team's going to be in and the other team's uh, not so the team that's going to be in comes out and the team that's uh, not in they go out and then Somebody is out and he has to come in and then somebody else has to go out and he's in. Someone who's in has to come out and then he's in. Uh, yes, don't, don't worry about that, listeners. <laughs> Just a stupid joke. Yeah. So that's what the batting team is trying to do. Uh, all I want to say, I mean, we're going on and on and on yeah. here, is, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that that's the technical rules of the game. Okay. But cricket really is a beautiful game. Uh, I mean, it is interesting in that it's a team game, but it's very much about the individuals. I mean, if you're playing tennis, you're an individual, basically. If you're playing football, it's a team game, absolutely. 
but in in cricket it's both uh the, the obviously it's a team game but in the end it's your individual performance when you go out to bat it's it's you 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 have to bat well you have to beat all the problems if you're bowling if you don't bowl well they're going to hit you out of the ground and so it's it's very much not letting your team down by an individual performance and you have to be brave you have to be brave to bat at high level in in cricket uh, and very athletic if you're going to be a very good bowler um it's a super game it's got great culture i looked it up it's interesting what the origins of cricket are because people aren't really quite sure um it's thought uh, to go all the way back to Saxon times, the, the, the Anglo-Saxons uh, inhabited these islands uh, before the Norman invasion. So we're talking about before, bef- 10 hundreds, 9 hundreds. One and a half thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. The, and there are references to things that th- they think they're talking about cricket. But the first definitive one is in a court case. There's documents of a court case in, uh, in Surrey, in, in the south of England. Uh, there was a dispute over some common land, who owned the land. And um, the guy who was uh, was complaining that he couldn't use the common land said, we've been playing cricket here for 50 years. And that court case was in 1597. That's Shakespeare's time. Oh, so not, a, no, sorry, not an, uh, one, one and a half thousand years ago. No, they, it's thought that the origins are Saxon. But, oh, so but there is a written reference to cricket here in this court report. I see. Um, which is definitive evidence. So, you know, he says we've been playing it for 15 years. That takes you back to 1550. So it would probably be before that. It's a very ancient game. Some people seem to think it actually originated in France or Belgium. I'm not quite sure why. But uh, the the first international uh, was in 1844. Now, guess which two countries the first international was between. Um, 1844, first international, I would say probably England and... um, India? Well, surprisingly, it was the USA versus Canada. USA? The first cricket international. They played it at the St. George's Cricket Club in New York. Wow. Um, but they don't play cricket anymore. Well, not much. Uh, England toured the USA in 1859, and then they toured Australia in 1877. And these two matches against an, an Australian national side were regarded as the first test matches, the first oh. full-grown international. What, what's, what's a typical score in a test match? In a test match, you want to get over 300 in the first innings. In, in this match that's going on at the moment against South Africa, I think England first innings, they got 3 5 Three five two all out, which is not bad. Three hundred fifty two, so, um, okay. and then then uh, South Africa came in and England bowlers did really well, um, and I think they were all out for something like one hundred and seventy five. Oh, that's a terrible score. Yeah, not good. And so now England are batting again, but rain has stopped play. So we are two hundred and seventy ahead with um, nine wickets left. So you know if the weather holds. Uh, we should win this one. And, and if the weather doesn't hold, if, the, if it'll it, be a draw, it'll be a draw. Yes. This is why the game is not popular in America, ladies and gentlemen. It's possible for the game to go on and on and then uh, to have no winner at the end. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, 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 uh, we talked about the, the fact that it's a very English thing. It's also obviously a very Indian thing and uh, a popular sport in many other countries. Um, what does, does the game of cricket have a spirit or a sort of, uh, what's the spirit of the game? Yes, it does. Um, yeah. And uh, this is another great talking point is whether some incident has, has actually violated the spirit of the game. But um, the spirit of cricket is embedded in um, uh, English ruling class culture. Uh, 
Um, a lot of cricket was played at uh, expensive private schools by the upper classes, as well as being village cricket played by everybody. Right. And it was called, you know, the gentlemen and the players. The gentlemen were the people who um, were the cricket establishment, the lords and ladies. The upper class people. The upper classes. And the blacksmith and the uh, baker and the uh, candlestick maker in the village were playing on the village cricket green. Uh, and this this was a kind of two-class thing which has, uh, which finally has come together uh, and the class distinction has, has gone. But the principles you're talking about of playing cricket is embedded in British culture. So if you say something isn't fair, somebody's cheating, the expression is that's just not cricket. Mm. And that's the, a well-known expression, meaning, you know, cricket is played honestly and fairly and it is played by gentlemen. And so, you know, when somebody does something well on the other side, you, you applaud them. And um, everybody plays by the rules and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. It, it, it's an interesting concept, uh, and I think it holds good for all the village cricket teams and the town cricket teams around the place. They play it in a really good spirit. In international cricket, it has become a little bit fragile, this spirit, particularly England versus Australia, because the Australians don't have the same culture, and uh, they think it's fair enough to, um, to try and put off the batsmen by saying nasty things to them. Right. They're using a few... It's verging on gamesmanship. Hmm. But they're so, pushing the rules of the game to gain advantage and, and so on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But the, but the original spirit is uh, it's certainly in England or in English cricket. It's about fair play. And that goes back to this... this um, the, the kind of high-minded idealism of uh, cricket uh, as it used to be played. And it was uh, the game of these upper-class people who also... Uh, played with uh, the lower yeah, class the gentlemen versus the players and the point was there i think it was almost a sort of form of social conditioning wasn't it mm. that that cricket was this medium through which people could learn to become more civilized or something that that there was this idea that a game of cricket can help people to um learn the value of teamwork and that that's generally a good thing for society there are quite a lot of films that feature cricket matches in one way or another, and, and very often that's the emphasis, the class divide. I'm thinking of The Go-Between. There's a very good film version of the book, The Go-Between, um, uh, with Julie Christie in the lead role and Alan Bates. And if people can get that, uh, they'll, they'll see the cricket match uh, in The Go-Between, and it's exactly what you've been talking about. Okay, all right. Um, just before we finish, uh, a couple of things. Do you remember the time that you threw a cricket ball and it hit me in the face? I'm sorry, I do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you were supposed to be being a wicketkeeper, and unfortunately I threw it too hard and too high, and it smacked you in the head. Yeah, we were throwing the cricket ball around in the garden, and I had the wicket-keeping gloves on. I was practising. And you threw the ball. It came in very high. I lifted, I lifted my gloves up to catch it. And it just came straight through my gloves. I just <laughs> failed to catch it. Just went straight through the gloves and just whacked me right on the eyebrow. Bam. Hit me on the eyebrow. Split my eyebrow. And uh, blood was everywhere, right? And uh, uh, you took me to hospital. I was very unhappy that I hurt my boy. You can't be very old. How old are you? About 10? I, I was about 12. Mm. <laughs> all right that's one incident let's skip over that the other incident was what the time that i was out for a golden duck 
You were? Now, my, my, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. They don't know what you're talking about. They don't know what a golden golden duck duck is. Now, if you are out as a batsman, you know, you go out and you hit the ball around a little bit and then for some, you know, either someone catches you or someone hits the stumps with the ball, you're out. It's, It's horrible to be out. But the worst thing is when you're out without scoring any runs. And if you, if you have a score of zero and you're out, that's called being out for a duck. Because the zero looks like a duck's egg. A zero looks like a duck's egg, does yeah. it? Okay. So you're out for a duck. Okay, so you'd be out, out for a duck means you're you scored out. scored no runs. Scored zero and you're out. That's horrible. But the worst, absolute worst, is if you're out for a golden duck, which is when you have, you're out on the first ball that comes yeah, to you. you come out, face a ball, and you're out immediately. Yeah, you come out, face face the, the bowler, the first ball comes in, out, straight away. So I was out for a golden duck once. Playing for whom? Playing at school. Oh. And here's the thing, right? So I used to play cricket for the local cricket club. I used to go down every week and play and, and practice and stuff, and I was really madly into cricket. And I remember one year, because I was so crazy about cricket, everyone in the family clubbed together to get me all this cricket stuff. So I had a nice bat and I had nice pads and nice gloves. And one day, it was at the end of the year uh, at school, um, that the, the, the sports department decided that they would put on a, a cricket game. And so they were asking for cricket players and they asked around and I got involved. I was like, yeah, I'm mad into cricket. So the day arrived and, um, you know, I was... I was being sort of spoken about as a good cricketer. Like, yeah, we'll put Luke up first. Luke can go and bat first because he plays cricket every week. So I was being, you know, touted as this great cricketer. And I turned up on the day and I had all of my stuff, all the, all the equipment. All the other kids were using the, the, the school's equipment, like these dirty old pads and crappy bats and stuff. And I turn up with this brand new, perfectly clean white uh, cricket uh, equipment and I had it all on I looked like a right idiot because I had all this new stuff and uh, I walked out to, to uh, as the first batsman to face the first ball of the game in all my new stuff <laughs> bowled I was bowled out with the first ball I literally walked out got bowled, turned around and walked back again oh dear. And what a terrible experience. And, and then, it's damaged you psychologically, that yeah. moment, obviously. And, you know, I brought all this equipment in. It took me ages to put it all on. Walked out, bang, out, walked back again. And it was just humiliating and, and uh, embarrassing. So there was that. That was the time I was out for a golden duck, which is always uh, an embarrassing thing. We talked, uh, this is the last thing we're going to do, Dad, about cricket. We talked about um, some expressions that have made their way into the English language because of cricket. Um, you talked about uh, playing on a sticky wicket. Mm-hmm. A sticky wicket. This is basically when you're, you're what, facing a difficult situation? It means that the actual grass of the wicket is, is, um, is not very flat and even. Sticky is just rhymey, rhymey word meaning difficult. Yeah. So a sticky wicket. He's, he's batting on a sticky wicket means he's in a difficult situation. Okay, so, you know, uh, Theresa May is uh, on a sticky wicket uh, yes, over yes. Brexit, for example. True. Um, how about this one? To have a good innings. Well, he had a good innings. Well, they normally talk that about people who've died. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody died and you say, oh, how old was he? And he says, oh, he was 88. And say, oh, well, he's had a good innings. Yeah. And so it's just a cricket expression saying, well, you know, he, he did all right. Yeah. So he, he lived a fairly long life. 
To the he wasn't in- out very early on. The innings is when you're <laughs> when you're uh, in, when you're batting, and you're yes. in. Yes. If you get out, then you're out. So an innings is the period in which you you spend in. Uh, so if someone has died and he was like, how old was he? He was 90. Oh, and he had a pretty good innings. Yes. Um, it's just not cricket. We had that one. Yeah. It's just not cricket. That just means it's not fair. It's just not cricket, is it? Meaning it's not fair. You know, um, something's happened that's not uh, fair. There you go. Um, another one was, it hit me for six. That ap- It hit me for six. We talked about how in cricket you can hit the ball and if it gets out of the, the field without touching the ground, you score six runs. Well, if something hits you for six, it's uh, Well, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's like a knockout blow. It, it's kind of, I was hit for six. I, I was, was really shocked. I was, I was smacked. I mean, um, you know, you're the bowler. You're the, it's the bowler who's hit for six. I was hit for six means, you know, they knocked me out of the ground. I mean, I've been had a big setback. So, yeah, have a, bit set, have a big setback. Imagine you bowl the ball at the batsman and the batsman whacks it and scores six points and you're going to feel gutted, aren't you? So if something hits you for six, it means like something it's, it's, serious, you've, you've some big knocked, thing. Had a knockback, a setback. Some big thing has happened which has shocked you and has set you back. Like, oh, God, how are we going to recover from this? I've been hit for six. Um, how about this one? I was absolutely bowled over. I was bowled over by her. Well, yes, it's a cricket expression. It's about romance. Romance, you know, it means that... Um, to be bowled over by anything. It just means really impressed, really... Um, yeah, it does. Um, it, it, if something bowls you over, it, it means... This, it, this woman came along and knocked my stumps down. Uh, not an no, expression. Not really, one. no. How about stumped, though? I'm stumped means I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know uh, what to do. I don't know what to say. I've been st- I'm absolutely stumped. You've stumped me there. Yes, you have. Someone so else? That comes from cricket. It's a way of getting out. You, you've, you've been left out of your ground. Yeah. You've been marooned. But the bowled over one would Still be like, I'll tell you what, we went to see the new, uh, f- new film. And what did you think of it? I was absolutely bowled over. I thought it was amazing. Hmm. That means that you were, uh, it was so impressive that you almost like you fell over or something. Yeah. You know, to be shocked and stunned. Is it cricket, that one? Well, I don't know. It's got the word bold in it. I know. It might not be, though. It might be bold over, might mean something else. Anyway. Anyway. And then uh, you've stumped me or I'm stumped and then you've caught me out. Yes, indeed. To catch someone out. Yep. That's when, uh, for example, you do something. Oh, how do you explain to catch someone out? That's a good one. Um, well, you, well, you've you've been doing something wrong, and people have discovered it. Okay, you've made a mistake, and people have discovered it. So to, to catch someone out means to detect that someone has done something wrong or made a mistake. Um, so, for example, if someone's been lying and they accidentally let slip the truth, and you go, and you go, ah, I caught you out. I caught you out. Yes, that's a cricketing expression. Okay. Well, Dad, thanks for talking to uh, us about cricket. I wonder if any of my listeners are still alive at this point. They're probably all fast asleep. Yeah, well, you know, it, this either this episode is one that will keep you interested and you can learn about cricket, or it's just a really good way to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> um, so that's how you should think about this. Okay? All right, then, Dad. So what should we do now? Okay, well, you could play a bit of cricket commentary. I think I'll maybe play a little bit of cricket commentary. It does sound quite exciting. Yeah, and you can hear it. And I'll probably post a few videos on the on the website where you can see some cricket happening and all that sort of thing. Let us know in the comments section what you think. So is is cricket a big sport in your country? And, you know, where do you stand on, on cricket in your country? Um, and just if cricket's not a big sport where you're from, have you understood 
what we've been saying. Do you feel like you understand the sport, this complicated sport, a little bit more now? Um, and uh, also, are you still alive as well? If you're still alive, leave. A, if no one leaves comments on the comments section, I'll just I'll I'll just assume that they've all given up. You've just given up generally. Yeah. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, bye, Luke. Goodbye, Dad. Uh, let's let's go and have another drink. Did you finish your wine? I did. You did. He actually finished his wine. I managed to get get a few sips in here and there. Okay. Well, let's go and have another drink and okay. just uh, do something else. All right then. Cheers. Bye. Now, then. bye. Good morning, Henry. My dear old thing, a very good day, Agus, and thank you for that. Morning, everyone. Good morning to you. Welcome to Old Trafford. On what I'm glad to say at the moment is a fine day. Welcome to everybody at the start of this summer. Hope we've all had a good winter. We've got through it anyhow, which is something. Bowling, bowling remarkably enough on this warm morning in a sweater. Moves lightly up, well up on his toes. Ian bowls to Botham. Botham drives his four runs. A marvellous stroke, that. What a marvellous stroke. He's played no better shot than that in the whole of the series. There's one chap in a white and blue shirt holding up a bottle of beer, drinking Botham's health. Laker comes in again, hair flopping. Bowles turns it on to Manic Appeals. He's out LBW, and Lakers take no ten. Jeff Boycott has got his 100-100, and the crowd cannot resist coming on to the pitch any longer. He tried to step over the stumps and just didn't quite get his leg over. Anyhow, he, he did very well indeed. And he clips this one away, and that is it. He goes down the square leg. He's made 200, and I'm afraid there's an invasion of the pitch, and Paul Richards is being mobbed. And a freaker. Oh, a freaker. We've got a freaker down the wicket now, not very shapely, and it's masculine, and I would think it's seen the last of its cricket for the day. <laughs> we had Lewis playing extremely well. Agus, do stop it. Uh, <laughs> Australia are all out for 348 on a golden evening at the Oval. He's bowled non-stop since tea, am I right in thinking? No, he hasn't. I think he'll have given himself a telling off on the way back. He did very well indeed. Batted for 35 minutes, hit a four over the week keepers. Angus, <laughs> for goodness sake, stop it. Some classic uh, moments of commentary from cricket's history there at the end of that conversation. And uh, that brings us nearly to the end of the episode. Certainly the conversation with Dad is now done. Um, I'm just going to say a few things here at the end and, he, and also just clarify some of those phrases that you heard my dad and me talking about very quickly at the end there. So um, that was quite a valiant effort by us, wasn't it? To try and explain cricket to the world, to bring cricket to the people of planet Earth. Uh, it, those of you who weren't already into it anyway. Um, I hope you agree that that was a valiant effort by us. I wonder if you managed to keep up with all of it. If you're still listening all the way to the end now and you're still alive, then well done. You may have got lost at some point along the way, or did you manage to follow it? Let me know. In any case, I hope that you did get something out of that conversation, even if it is just the sense that cricket is worth getting enthusiastic about, even if you don't fully understand it and that it's a big thing in the UK and in many other countries around the world. I recommend that you have a look at some cricket being played. It's all well and good listening to my dad and me banging on about it, listening to two people talking about cricket. But of course, it being the, the, the world's second most popular spectator sport, there must be a reason for that. It must be entertaining to see. So I, I recommend that you try and look at some cricket being played. You will find um, some 
videos on the page for this episode uh, that I've chosen from YouTube. Uh, some videos showing you different aspects of cricket. Uh, there's some bowling, some batting, some catching, and various other things too, so check that out. Now also, there was that vocab, the the expressions, the phrases that come from cricket. What I'd like to do now is just go through that vocab again, uh, just to make it clear. Okay, so we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven expressions. The first one is to be on a sticky wicket. Okay, if you're on a sticky wicket, if you can imagine batting on a sticky wicket, that would mean that you're you're batting on a on a surface that is unpredictable. You're in a difficult situation. That's what that means. For example, we're on a bit of a sticky wicket uh, here in the UK because of the result of the EU referendum. Um, you might, you know, businesses might say that. Well, we're on a bit of a sticky wicket at the moment because of uh, Brexit. Um, the New York Times. Uh, here's a quote from the New York Times. It goes, uh, it's a sticky wicket for Obama, said Bruce Buchanan, a political science professor at the University of Texas in Austin, saying any aggressive move on such a high profile question would be seen as a slap in the face to his supporters right after they've handed him a chance to realise his presidential dreams. So basically, this is describing the fact that Obama was in a difficult uh, situation um, there in that story. So to be on a sticky wicket, they go to just be in a difficult situation. The next one was to have a good innings, to have a good innings. And um, the innings in cricket means the length of time you stay in uh, batting. So if you have a good innings, it might mean that you score, you know, nearly 100 runs or something and you 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 continue batting for ages before you're out. Uh, but we use the expression to have a good innings to, dis- to, to say that someone has had a good long life, um, particularly when someone has died quite old. Like how old was he when he died? He was 94. Oh, so he had a good innings, didn't he? So we say that about someone who's died who lived quite a long time. You can say he or she had a good innings. Okay. The next one is, it's just not cricket, is it? It's just not cricket, meaning it's just not fair. Okay. It's just not cricket means it's just not fair. Um, So this shows that, you know, cricket, the spirit of cricket is about being fair. And uh, so if you say it's just not cricket, it means it's just not fair. For example, getting queue jumped when people jump ahead of you in the queue. It's just not cricket, is it? It it's a little bit old fashioned to say say that you sound like a slightly old fashioned English person if you say it's just not cricket, is it? Mm. It sounds a bit old fashioned, but there it is. It is in the language. The next one is um, it hit me for six. If something hits you for six, I mean in cricket, if the batsman hits you for six, it means that he's if you're the bowler, you've bowled the ball to him and he's whacked it all the way out of the ground, scoring six runs. So it um, it hit me for six. Um, if something hits you for six, it means that it surprised, shocked, and stunned you. Okay. Um, so, for example, when my ex girlfriend told me that she was getting married to my best friend, it really hit me for six, and it took me a while to kind of recover from it. Okay. Uh, next one was I was absolutely bowled over. Now, actually. Um, I think that bowled over comes not from cricket. I think it comes from bowling. 
you know, like 10-pin bowling or um, other types of bowling where you roll the ball along and the ball has to hit some pins, wooden pins, which then get knocked over. So the pins get bowled over. Okay, okay. Uh, so I was absolutely bowled over. It means I was I was really surprised and amazed. Um, okay, for example, we were we were really bowled over by your presentation. You did a fantastic job. For example, uh, next one is I'm completely stumped. Stumped. Now, if you're stumped in cricket, that means as a batsman, you wander out of your safe zone. You wander beyond your line when you're batting. The ball comes in. You miss. The wicketkeeper catches the ball, and because you're outside the safe zone, he touches the ball against the uh, the stumps, knocking off the bales, and you've been stumped. But in English, uh, if something stumps you, it means that you're unable to answer a question or unable to deal with a problem because it's too complicated. Okay, for example, if someone gives you a very complicated mathematical problem, and you can say, oh, God, no, I'm, no, it's, um, I'm completely stumped by that, that that's completely stumped me, that has. Or if you're trying to do a crossword, you know, those puzzles where you have to put words in the right spaces and it's a you know, very difficult question, you can say, oh, no, it's completely stumped me. Okay? Um, to be stumped or, to, or if something stumps you. For example, yeah, I did okay in the listening part of the exam, but I was completely stumped by the grammar questions. Okay? Meaning that the questions were too difficult. And too complicated. And then finally, we have the expression, well, you've caught me out there to catch someone out. Okay, to catch someone out. And um, to catch someone out means to ask someone a difficult question, which shows that that person has made a mistake. Okay, so um, imagine asking someone um, like, uh, what about the outstanding tax payments? on your public accounting report. There's £300 missing from your accounts. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you've, oh, you've caught me out there. Yes. Oh, sorry, I forgot to include them, for example, to catch someone out. Um, as a teacher, sometimes uh, I find that students try to catch you out. They do. I, I think sometimes my students will ask me questions just to test me, just to see if I actually know what I'm talking about. So they'll be like, um, so what is the difference between must and have to? And then I have to give the answer. Uh, and, you know, I, I imagine that if I made a mistake, they'd be like, ah, got you. I caught you out with that one, didn't I? Uh, most students don't do that. But there's the odd, you always get the odd student who you get the impression they're asking you a question that they know the answer to. And they're just trying to catch you out or something. But ah, no, you don't catch me out that easily. Um, so that's it then. I just wanted to summarize the uh, I just wanted to summarize that those expressions there at the end. Uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to the end of this episode. Uh, get in touch in the comments section and check out those videos that you'll find on the page. And also, don't forget to join the mailing list on the website, and that way you'll be uh, getting email notifications of some of the website-only content that's been arriving on my website uh, recently while I'm away on holiday, because I'm still away on holiday. I, I imagine I'm having a lovely time. I don't actually know, because as I'm recording this, the holiday hasn't happened happened yet but hopefully i will be having a fantastic time uh, anyway thanks again for listening i hope you're having a fantastic time as well wherever you are whatever it is you're doing but for now it's time to say goodbye bye 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 thanks for listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.